<laughs> Good morning. I hope you know that I do buy my son clothes that fit. He just exchanges it for clothes that don't fit. <laughs> uh, we love you, Trey. Good job. Wasn't it cool seeing our young people up here leading us into worship? Man, they did such a good job. I want you to encourage them. It's so important that we encourage our next generation because we're not, they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And they have a place with us today. Um, also, it was really awesome to see our, our kids here joining us in worship, and they, we reserved this front spot. But guess what? It's not reserved anymore, so some of you guys want to move on over here. This is the perfect time to make that adjustment. Uh, but it is so good to be here, so good to be together. Uh, we are, are in our summer series, and this is like the official kickoff here at Grace for our summer um, and so we have a special treat for you guys afterwards outside there um, just to give you a treat, just to enjoy and celebrate our summer. So uh, you guys ready to go? Amen. Yeah, you ready to go? Yeah, come on. I need a little bit of energy today. Uh, but if you weren't here with us last week, we kicked off our summer series that we, uh, that we call Word to the Wise, Words to the Wise. And we have been uh, wanting to take a, a deeper dive into the book of Proverbs. And so starting tomorrow... Starting tomorrow, uh, we're going to start reading a proverb a day or a chapter a day. There's 31 proverbs, chapters, and we're going to read one each day for the month of July. So I hope you can join me with that. Uh, if you don't uh, uh, get on Facebook, uh, maybe you can email some of us some of your thoughts on certain chapters, but I would love to hear some feedback on each chapter if you're going to join us in this uh, study of Book of Proverbs. But there's a, there's a lot in it, a um, lot to unpack. Obviously, I'm not able to do it all during this time, so, uh, so bear with me today uh, because uh, I believe that the subject matter today is something that, um, that is something that I believe that is challenging to me, and you're going to hear why, but uh, so I just feel like I got to be open and honest with you today that, that today there's just been, there's been a lot of things kind of emotionally and mentally and all the stuff that's been stirred on my heart. And, uh, and I know that we are going on a trip, our family's going on a trip, uh, there's a lot in front of us, and uh, my heart is here, but also my mind is everywhere else. And so, uh, so I just need your prayers. So I, can, I ask you to pray for me um, and, uh, and pray for us as we're on this trip, because uh, the, the battles are real. Uh, we know that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and against spiritual dark forces. And so we're believing that there is gonna be opposition as we take this step in obedience to head down to a place where a lot of people are avoiding. But guess what? God's kingdom is invading and God's kingdom's gonna do some work. And so we are gonna be part of that for just the for just a short time, but there's gonna be a lot of things that we're gonna be able to do. So so I need your prayers. Uh, I need your prayers this morning. Um, so uh I don't know. I'm going to ask somebody to pray for me right now. Will you pray for me right now? Brother? Is that okay? Sometimes I go off the cuff. This is one of those moments. It doesn't happen often. But I'll ask you to just pray for me real quick. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for our pastor. You brought him here. That was your plan. Mm -hmm. And now it's your plan to send him out. Mm -hmm. And it's your plan to enrich him, to instill upon him the understanding of your mysteries. Lord, you're, you're transcendent mysteries. You are. Lord, we, can't, we claim that. Yeah. There's nothing in this man that does not want to do your will. Yes, God. There's everything in this man that wants to see your kingdom grow. Mm -hmm. So we claim that with encouragement, with, with safety, with knowing that you surround him 
with a cloud of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when you do that for everyone that's around you. So we claim that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Give God the glory. That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but we are um, diving into uh, learning God's wisdom through his word. And, and I, last week, I really laid out kind of the blueprint of, of why we should want to seek the wisdom of God. And as we dive into God's word, as we seek after it, the Bible tells us that we ought to go at it like somebody searching for a treasure, somebody that's mining gold and how you have to dig through and you glean the good stuff. And so my hope is that we look at God's word in the same manner, that we, we, don't, just, we don't just read it for face value, but that we dig deep, that we ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart, make it real. Make it, make it tangible for me and help me to apply it to my life. And that's what I love about the, the tone of the book of Proverbs is it's very practical. It's very applicable to your lives. And, and as we unpack this and as I share some Proverbs with you, um, a lot of it is just like truth bombs. You know what I mean? Where, where you could just listen to it and you could just let it settle in and you get what it says. But, but sometimes the difficulty of it is that we don't know how to practically walk it out. We say, yeah, that's true, that's good, but how do I now walk it out in my life? And so I'm gonna do my very best to give you some practical steps is when we hear these truth bombs is then, okay, God, I received that, but now help me walk that out. And I believe that if you come with that open heart today, I believe you're gonna walk away with at least one or two tips on how to really make it real in your life where you could practice what the word of God is speaking to us. So last week we talked about wisdom being this, not just knowing what to do, but knowing when to do it. And so as we're talking about the decisions that we've made, the decisions that have to be made, we want God's wisdom. We want him to impart supernatural wisdom in these decision-making moments. Well, today in the same manner, we're gonna tackle a topic that I see throughout scripture. I mean, as you start to read this book of Proverbs, you're gonna see this theme come up Almost in every chapter, there's always a nugget here that kind of leads us to a truth, leads us to a place that we ought to think about this area in our lives, this area that's, that, that a lot of us are not aware of, and it's this area of our words, our words. That's why I said it's very challenging to me because I'm a person who tries to communicate everything that I'm feeling, everything that I'm giving for God, but sometimes there's a shadow to that gifting, where you can use your words unwisely. And so, so the God's gonna help us to understand how do we use our words with wisdom, with care. You know, wisdom is not just knowing when to, or when to speak, but it's also knowing when not to speak. And that's really the whole message today, is learning to, to, to understand God's word in such a way that it, it applies to our life to where it helps us to know when we need to speak up and when we need to shut up. Come on, some of us need some help with that, right? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Don't point at anybody, okay? Because I could see that. But we have to exercise wisdom in when we talk, when we speak. We use words so carelessly at, at times. And, and we have to know that as, as people of God, God has given us his power with our words. And so we, know how, we need to learn how to handle that power, to handle that gift, to handle that weapon. And yes, your words are a weapon. And the Bible is very clear on that. But the thing is, is that we, we, do, we just have a lot to say. 
right? Some of us more than others, and you know who you are. Have you guys ever heard that, uh, the, the statistic out there about uh, the difference between men and women and the words we use a day, right? I, I always heard it this way. I always heard that, that uh, women far exceed uh, uh, men in this department, that, that women would uh, say 20,000 words a day, where men only use 7,000 words a day. Well, they don't know me in my household, okay? Because <laughs> that, that math does not work. Those, that ratio does not work. Actually, just recently, I, I read a study. It was a research done by the University of Arizona that, that gave a different take. Their, their current research said this, is that women, on average, speak 16,215 words a day, while men speak an average of 15,000 569 words a day. So I look at that and I say, well, there's not, it's pretty even there. It's pretty even there. But the conclusion of all this is that we say a lot of words. We say a lot of words every day, especially us that are verbal communicators, verbal processors. How many of you guys are verbal processors, right? You know, you just say whatever is on your mind, right? Sometimes that's good. Oftentimes, it's not so good. You know, I, I remember when uh, Misty and I were dating, she thought that was really cute of me, that I was a guy who was able to share what's on my mind and express my feelings. Now we go to counseling, and she's saying, what's the issue? It's that he talks all the time about how he feels and everything that's going through his mind. So it's not so cute anymore. But she loves me nonetheless. I mean, it's hard being married to a preacher, let me tell you. But she, she's a saint. But we do have a lot of words. And we learn very quickly in the Bible. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can take notes of this. I'm gonna just throw a lot of Proverbs up. But Proverbs 18, 21 is one that we're very familiar with. And this really sets the tone to today's message about our words. The Bible is very clear. It's very direct about this gift, this, this, this weapon, this power that we all receive from God. It says this in Verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. That our words have the power to build. Our words have power to destroy. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. I love the, the message version uh, of this. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit, but you choose. I, I could just stop right there and sit on that for a while. And think about how we choose our words and, and how they affect the world around us. I mean, some of us are so frustrated, but that frustration oftentimes stems from the words that we choose to speak to the people around us. And we don't often know that. But words matter. Words have power. Words have power. How do I know? Well, I think we all, at this point in our lives, have experienced the positive and the negative of our words. You know, if I, if I went up to each one of you guys and I asked you, I said, hey, uh, tell me the last positive, encouraging word that someone spoke over you. When was the last time? And I think some of us, we'd be struggling with that one. We'd take some time to really think that through. But if I told you, hey, what was the last negative word you heard? You might have more of a quicker response. Because we understand how this works. And I think that if, I, if, if, if we think long and hard enough, we think about our past week and we think about some of the words that we said or maybe some of the words that were said about us or around us and, and, and some of the hurt, maybe some of the pain that we're carrying through, I think if we look back, we see, man, it does have a lot more power than I, than I think it does. And I think sometimes we think like, man, I've, I've, I've done some hurt with the words that I've used. 
There's power. The, the words do have power to heal, have power to build, power to heal, and power to hurt. So how do we come to a place, and my hope is that we're all in the same place together that knows that this is an area that we all should work on. You know, no matter how far you feel like you've been walking with the Lord, I think that's always a thing that gets out of control at times. So how do, I, how do we become a person that makes the decision? And this is a decision you have to make. I love that's why the, the, uh, uh, the scripture says that you choose. It's your decision. It's your responsibility on how to handle this with care, how to handle this with wisdom. But it's your choice. It's your decision. So how do we make this decision to say this, that I want to be careful how I speak? Do you know that that's your decision? That's your power, that's your responsibility. I wanna be careful to choose how I speak. I want the wisdom when I speak. I want the wisdom when I speak. And I wanna bring life to others when I speak. I mean, how good is that? Have you been around an encourager? I hope you have. I hope you picked up some things about how they speak to people and how they lift people up and that when you're around them and you walk away, you feel like, man, I could do this. We need more of that in the world today. So let me just give you a couple of words for the wise and, and, then, and then we'll kind of move on to our day. But I, I just really believe this is an important message. Again, like this is a practical one. It's one that I believe that the enemy does not want me to preach because he wants us to use our words. I mean, I think that there's a testimony out there, there's a witness out there that says that, that, that everything that comes out of church people is judgmental and hurtful to the world. And, and I don't see that in scripture. I see that God, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus came in grace and truth. And we're gonna see, and we gotta be followers of Jesus and walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus. So how do we, where do we begin? Well, like I told you, that, that wisdom is knowing when. It's knowing timing, not just what, but when. So there is a time for speaking. There's a time to speak up. There's a time to use this voice that you've been given. There's a time to use this. Wisdom is knowing when. Wisdom is knowing when. It's very important to us, for us to learn when we need to speak up. There's gonna be issues, there's gonna be challenges, there's gonna be moments in our life where we have to speak up. We cannot be silent. I believe God's given us a powerful voice as a church to be united so that we could speak up against injustices, don't you? And we need to speak up for what is right. Oftentimes we shy away from those moments because we don't know how to do it well. But this is what the, the word of God says in Proverbs 31, verses eight and nine. He says, speak up. Everybody say, speak up. up. He's telling us to speak up for these things. What does he want us to speak up? What What does God want his people to speak up for? He says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all those who are destitute, speak up for and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Oftentimes we want to speak up for ourselves, but God's challenging us. Don't just use your voice to prop your gain, but he's saying use your voice to help someone else in need. One of my favorite people is Martin Luther King Jr. It's the life that he lived, but he gave us some amazing quotes. He says, our life begins the, begin to end the day we become silent about things that really matter. See, we will speak up about things that really matter to us. I mean, there's things in us that we just know, like, these matter, and we will speak up. Like I said, the problem is that oftentimes we don't know how to speak up in wisdom, how to handle it. 
So how do we do that? Where do we begin? And well, I'm gonna give you something that's very easy, very practical, something that, that all of us know in this room, but it's really hard to practice. How many know that the ways of God are easy and clear, but they're hard to do? So how do we start? Where do we go? Well, we have to think before we speak. <laughs> You're like, wow, I came here for that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Because you see this in the Bible where God wants us to think before we speak. And so what do we need to think about? Where, where does our mind need to go? Well, he says you need to put your mind on things above. You need to focus on what is true. Our minds need to be set on what's truth. That needs to be the anchor of everything that comes out of our hearts. See, it's okay to express how you feel. Sometimes that's where you need to begin. You know, you need to open up about how you feel. But so many times we just stay there and we just run that course and we forget to remember what is true. And let me tell you, sometimes what you feel isn't what is true. So we need to know what's true. I don't know how many times I'm in the middle of resolving a conflict where, where somebody is saying all these things about how they feel and the other person next to them saying, well, that's not true. That never really happened or that wasn't that way or that was not my intent. And as soon as we open up the truth, it will set those people free from all those negative feelings that they were feeling. And so we have to understand that it starts with knowing what is true, keeping your mind on things that are true. Proverbs 29, 20 says, do you see someone who speaks in haste? Someone who reacts Someone who just runs with just this one thought, this one idea, this one feeling. Listen to this. There is no more hope for, there is more hope for a fool than for them. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. See, a lot of us, we, we just want to set it straight, don't we? We come in with our truth, and we just want to set it straight. We, we want to talk straight. And there's, there's, that, that's good. I like to be direct. I like when people are direct with me. But sometimes we do some straight thinking with, with straight talking without straight thinking, right? Here's the thing. Uh, oftentimes, our mouths, they go into overdrive when our mind's not even in the right gear. You ever been there before? You don't have all the facts. You, don't, you, you get so emotionally charged that you don't let yourself slow down enough to really consider what's going on. This is the whole difference between reaction and responding, I think too many times we just react to people's words. We just react in our own feelings and we just go after it. But wisdom tells us that we need to slow that train down and we need to respond in the right manner. Respond in wisdom. What's the difference between reacting and responding? One word, time. Allow yourself to have some time. I mean, God's telling us in this Bible, this is Solomon, the wisest man on earth, and he's showing these young people how to lead or his son, how to lead, and he's saying you have to learn how to, how, to, how to talk with wisdom. And in order to do that, you need to learn how to slow things down, not to be reactive, but to respond, to respond. I mean, how many times have we not done this well? And, and you haven't allowed yourself enough time to give the right response, and you start to talk about things, and all of a sudden, your emotions get the best of you. And, and unfortunately, I've seen many times where the right thing is said, but it's in the wrong way, and the person walks away without really responding or being able to respond the way they should. We see this all the time in our conflicts. But we need to focus our minds. We need to set our course to truth. We need to rely on what is true and allow our feelings to, to follow through. But we need to stop. We need to pause. We need to pause. 
So we need to focus our mind on the right things. What are the right things? Where, where does our mind and our hearts need to be when we want to respond, when, when we know that this is coming out of the heart of the person? Because if right thinking needs to happen before straight talking, then what are the right things to think? Well, I'm glad the Bible gives us an answer for that. Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Some of us know this passage, but we need to be reminded of that today. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, listen to this, think about such things. I think the apostle Paul had a secret here to teach us. Because he's telling us this, he's assuming that if we think about these things, if these things are filling our minds, then they have a pathway into our hearts, and if they have a pathway to our hearts, then they're gonna come out of our mouths. He said, if you think about these things, you're gonna talk like this. I love Eugene Peterson, uh, the message version says this. He says, he says, when you talk, when you fill your minds and you meditate on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, he says, you're gonna think about the best and not the worst. You're gonna think about the beautiful, not the ugly. You're gonna think of the praise and not the curse. He says, think about these things. Keep your mind right. Keep your mind centered on truth. Keep your mind on things above, and that will influence what you say. Isn't that true, though? Oftentimes, what we think influences how we feel, and how we feel influences what we say. That's just the way we're wired. So he says, keep your mind on things above. Keep your mind on the truth. Keep your mind on the truth. So when we speak up, we need to speak up for what is true. We need to speak in truth. That's important. And a lot of us, we have this mandate to do so. When we see injustice, when we see something that needs to be corrected, when we, when we know that something needs to be said, we're willing to speak up, we're willing to shout, we're willing to get out there. But how many times we've done that, stepped out, and we don't have any grace behind it? And it just comes out harsh. It ends up crushing a person's spirit. Now I get it, the truth is hard at times. I know that the truth is heavy. I mean, there's some things that are true that need to be said, and I know sometimes it's just hard to deliver. But how many times have we walked away and we just said, hey, the truth hurts, just get over it? Well, here's what I'm convinced of. The truth doesn't have to hurt when it's handled right, when it's handled with wisdom. You know, I've seen the truth come into a situation and shine light on something. I've seen the truth handled well, the truth handled with wisdom, and actually brings healing to someone's life. I've seen the truth handled with care, it actually unifies people, it motivates people, it inspires people to do the right thing at the right time, to bring change in a situation that needs to be changed. But when it's handled with wisdom, when it's handled with grace, when it's handled with care, people will listen and people will respond. I've seen the truth set people free. So we gotta get over this fact that, oh man, the truth hurts, so get over it. No, that's not how Jesus rolled. Jesus always spoke truth. He never diluted it. Yet as he spoke truth, he, the Bible says this, that Jesus came with truth and grace. He was able to come. I mean, there was, there was, there was people that, that, that come and they were drawn to him because he was speaking truth, but he spoke truth with love and grace to help them find a way. And the thing about Jesus is that he lived his truth. He lived his truth. And I think that's where we get hung up sometimes. Because we, we look at our lives and we think of saying, man, does my life line up to the things that I say? Isn't that the paradox of Christianity? Sometimes it's that we wanna do the right thing, but we don't do what we wanna do. 
And what we do is the things that we don't want to do. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a cycle sometimes that just traps us. And because of that, we feel the guilt of that and the shame of that. And so when we need to speak up, when God's given us a voice, when we need to speak out loud, when we need to use that power for the good, we hold back because we just feel like I'm not lined up. And so we stop. We hold back. And I'm thankful that there is grace for us. Amen. I'm glad that there's redemption. I'm glad that there's life transformation. But how is that going to happen? How do we learn that? How do we receive that? Well, Jesus gives us the way. It's John 8, verse 31. It says Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to his followers. And he says this, and he gives an invitation. He says, he says that those that believe in me, he says, if you want to believe in me, if you want to walk like me, if you want to talk like me, if you want to do the things that I've done, he says, I've given you that access through me. He says, but if in order to do that, you have to abide in my word. You gotta abide in my word. What is that word abide? We don't use it very often today. But this means to put into practice, to spend so much time with it that it becomes part of who you are. That if we spend time receiving God's word and, and, and abiding in his word, staying firm in his word, he says, not only will you truly be my disciple, but you will know the truth. What does that mean? It would mean that you would start to learn how to live the way that God wants you to live, that you would understand his heart in such a way because you're abiding in his word and that you really start to follow it, walk out that practice. And as you do so, he says that that truth that you're learning, that you're receiving, it will set you free. You will start to live this life that will set you free. You're walking in this freedom of spirit and truth. And so when you have to speak up, when you give the truth, it's gonna be in you and it's gonna come out of you in the right spirit. That's the freedom about abiding in God's word and it's gonna transform you so that when you have to speak up, when you have to use that moment, you're gonna come in with the right spirit and people will receive. Jesus didn't crush anyone's spirit with his words. He could have, <laughs> he could have, but he chose not to. Nor did he puff people up with his words. But he used his words with wisdom. Proverbs 16, 24 is the way I believe it's just, uh, it's probably a messianic uh, prophecy of Jesus, but it says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. That was Jesus. Jesus used his words to bring healing to the soul. See, when you can deliver truth with love, full of grace, it will bring healing to one's soul. Wow, I think our world needs more of that, don't you? Where are they gonna get that? I believe God wants to give them that through you, through us. So we have to keep this as a priority in our minds of how we speak and what we speak. So here's some practical things. Last week I talked to you about when you make a decision, you ought to think about these things. You ought to ask yourself some questions. So when you're giving yourself some time before you react and you want time to respond, what are some things you need to think about? I'm gonna give you a few things right here. So four things right here. Number one, you have to say, is it true? Is it true? Number stay on what's true. Focus on what is true. Number two, is it helpful? Is it helpful? This is a big one. Right? I'm gonna save some of the marriages here. Some things are true, but they're not worth mentioning. Right? Some things may be true in your past, but they're not worth mentioning in the present. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it helpful? You gotta really think about that. Is this helpful? Is this gonna be helpful for us? Is this gonna be helpful for me? Number three, is it inspiring? 
Does this inspire? In other words, does this encourage someone for the good? I just wonder if we change our tone, if we change what we say and we line it up to this and say, man, what I say, I wanna be an encourager. I gotta start with discipline to myself to ask these questions when I have a conversation. Is this encouraging? Is this encouraging? Does this inspire someone? And number four, is this necessary? And this is hard for us talkers, man. Because we use a lot of words that may not be necessary. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, was this necessary? Was this need to be said? Was this need to be said? And I think sometimes when we think about encouraging people and using our words and, uh, and speaking our, uh, this truth, uh, a lot of times uh, we think of confrontation sometimes, right, when we speak truth. I wanna flip that today and I wanna challenge you. Will you use your words to encourage somebody? Not just with confrontation, but would you speak truth to encourage somebody? Would you, this week, write somebody, text somebody, call somebody and to say, you know what, this is true about you. This is what I see about you. What if this week we decided to do that, to practice this practical step here in Proverbs, but say that we're gonna do it in this way, that we're gonna challenge ourselves, and every day we're gonna tell somebody something encouraging. We're gonna use our truth, the power of truth, to tell somebody what's true in them what we see in them, what God sees in them. Oh man, this is a practice that I've been doing with my staff, man, and it's amazing how many walls get broken down. It's amazing how much bonding goes on when all of a sudden you're in a room and you start telling each other words of affirmation, words of encouragement, and how that just builds each other up. What if you did that around your dinner table tonight? I mean, for some of us, man, this is crazy. We've never done this. I wanna challenge you. Step out of your comfort zone. Step into God's will and God's plan and listen to his ways and you'll see transformation happening in your life. Amen? But stay consistent. Stay consistent. So we need to practice this truth. Practice this truth. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety weighs down the heart. Do you know that's like one of the number one problems that people are facing in the world today is anxiety, issues with anxiety. And it says that we have this power. It says a kind word will cheer it up. Remember, words have power to heal. Words have power to build. So when we speak, we need to speak the truth in love. We need to speak words of encouragement. We need to speak words of wisdom, words of wisdom. What does it mean by that? Because I, th- I feel like as we're t- unpacking what wisdom is, we have to understand that there is, there is, there is a, a moment in your life where God will give you wisdom on when to speak and when not to speak. When I think about this, an example in the Bible is, is Daniel. You remember Daniel? Daniel was a guy who, who, uh, who, whose country was invaded by, by uh, a group of, uh, a nation called Babylon. And what they did is they took all the, the young, the brightest uh, young people, and they took them, and they, and they took them away from the land. They raised them up in Babylon, and, and Daniel was part of that group. And so he's living in this foreign country, and he rises up to a place of prominence. God blesses him, shows him favor, because he stays faithful to God. We, we kind of know this story. It's, it's in the book of Daniel, actually. <laughs> but what we see here is that there's this moment where this king has um, this dream, and he can't get it interpreted, so he brings all his wise men together. Daniel was part of that group. And he asked them to interpret this dream, and when the, most of these guys couldn't interpret the dream, he decides to kill them off. 
And I think it's interesting here in Daniel chapter two, verse 14, it says, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to, to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke up, spoke to him with wisdom and tact. God spoke to him with wisdom and tact. When everyone was losing their heads, literally, Daniel didn't. Here's what I sense in my heart. I know some of your guys' story. I know some of your background. Some of you guys are business owners. Some of you guys are managers. And I just sense in my heart that there's, there's gonna be a moment this year where you're gonna be sitting in a boardroom, you're gonna be sitting in a meeting, and everyone's gonna be losing their minds over a decision. They're gonna be losing their minds about the economy or something going on. And I believe that if you ask God for wisdom, if you really believe this stuff and you put it into practice, I believe that when you're ready for that moment, God will anoint you with wisdom and tact that you'll be able to go into that situation and you're gonna rise above the rest because God will show you that his wisdom is beyond earthly wisdom. And you're gonna handle that situation with wisdom and tact. I mean, come on, think about our lives. Think about some situations in our lives with our family or business where things weren't handled with wisdom and tact. And we see the collateral damage because of it. But I believe that if you seek God's wisdom, if you seek God's ways, if you and put it in your heart, then when it comes, when it is time and you're ready for it, God's gonna use that wisdom to change a situation just like Daniel, to save lives, to save hearts, to save companies. So pray for that. I love what the Bible says here in Proverbs 15, 23. It says, the right word at the right time is beautiful. God can give you the right word at the right time if you're ready, if you're open, if you've been pulling that word into your heart. See, he can't, you can't give out what you're not putting in. That's what God wants us to do. That's what God wants to do. So there's a time to speak up, and I'm kind of wrapping up here, and there's also a time for silence. It's a time to speak up, but there's also a time for silence. Remember, wisdom is not just knowing when to say it, but more importantly, when to say it. Winston Churchill said, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak up. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Proverbs 13, three says, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Proverbs 17, 27, and 28 says, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought of wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. You wanna look a little smarter? Just go, hmm. <laughs> All right? It's gonna up your IQ, like, a lot. <laughs> no, seriously. We need to practice this. We need to practice the pause. We need to practice, because why is this important? Because it does force you to think. It forces you to listen. I mean, the Bible tells us this. It says that we need to be, what? Quick to listen and slow to speak. And that's some wisdom right there. How many times have we stepped out of line on that one? But God wants us to pause. It says that we need to refrain. That when we hear something or we want to react to something that we hear or we're hearing a conversation that we just feel like, oh man, I, I, I want to jump into that. We need to refrain. A wise person will refrain. Why? Because there's some dangers. There's some traps. What are the traps? The traps are to attack. The traps are to gossip. And the traps, sorry, 
or to get caught up in lies. But if we use wisdom as we listen and we get all the facts, then we don't fall into those traps. Silent, silence helps us refrain from jumping in. Thank you. I want to close with listening to the instructions of the wisest man to ever walk this earth. And I'm not talking about Solomon, I'm talking about Jesus. You know, he had something to say about the words we use. He says this, it's in Matthew chapter 15. He says, are you so dull, Jesus asked. See, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth comes from the heart and these defile him. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, the theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defiles a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. See, he's talking to this group of Pharisees and these teachers of the law who tried to make themselves look so wise. You know, the society at this point, they, they thought they were so wise. Why? Because they, they, in public, they professed and they recited these proverbs, but in private, they ignored them all. And in the time, the people looked at the law and they prided themselves on memorizing it and they thought about like what is clean and what is unclean. And so they thought that, that if they just ate the right stuff and stayed away from the wrong stuff that they would be clean. But Jesus says, you're missing the whole point. He says, it's the things that come out of a person's mouth. Those come from the heart. That's what defiles them. It's not about the food that you take in that makes you clean or unclean. He says, it is the words that come out of your mouth. See, oftentimes we, we hear a message like this and we start to feel, you know, like, where do I start? And we're trying to, God, okay, I gotta control my tongue. I gotta, I gotta work harder. And we blame our tongues because we know it gets us in trouble. So we try to control our tongue. But Jesus says, it's not a tongue problem. It's really a heart problem. We have to deal with the heart. Let me, let me give you an example here. Um, I really like the show, The Dog Whisper. Anybody ever seen that show? Right? I don't even know if it's still on, but I watch it, right? Because right now, I currently have some dog issues at my house. I got two dogs that hate each other and always fighting. So I'm like trying to take notes. I know you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to leave it to the professional, but I, I'm taking notes. And every episode's kind of the same, right? You, he walks in, and there's this unruly, this, 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 this very aggressive dog and Caesar, right? Caesar, he's cool. I love Caesar. He comes in, right? And he's just chill. He's calm. And he walks in. He sees the behavior of the dog. And the owner's like, my dog's a mess. It's, it's you know, whatever. And he's like, no, your dog's good. And what does he do? He doesn't focus on the dog. Who's he focus on? The owner. And it happens every time. And I think that in the same way, sometimes we focus so much on the tongue. But God, right now, he's going to focus on our hearts. So it's not an issue of the tongue. It's not an issue of trying to control all this. He says, I need to reign in here. I need you to allow me to work in here. And I believe that that's where God wants to start this morning. That we can sit here and we can say all these things. I mean, Jesus said it himself. He says, he says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
ultimately all boils down to this. The issue of our words is really an issue of our hearts. And the thing about our hearts is, is that it's only a product of what we allowed in. And I think sometimes some of the things that we say that are toxic, some of the things that are hurtful, some of the things, they really come in from a damaged heart or come from a damaged heart. And this morning as we take these Proverbs and as we get time to read through these Proverbs this, this uh, month, I, we're gonna come across passages like this that are gonna challenge us. They're gonna cause it. And there's some practical things, but it all begins with our heart. Many of us want to be wise, right? We want to be known as people of wisdom. But you give out what you put in. And I don't know how many Christians I bump up against that, that aren't spending time in God's word. I mean, the most, the, the wisdom that we have in God's word, if we take time to allow that to really be in our hearts and in our minds, I'm telling you, it will develop some things in you and that's what's gonna come out when you need it. There's so many of us that avoid that time and we want it, but it's not coming out. Well, it's because you're not putting it in. So my challenge this time is saying, let's put it in so that God has a reserve to pull out when there's time where there needs to be wisdom given. Amen? But it all starts with our hearts. So can we stand as we close together, as we examine our hearts today, or allow the Lord, let me just say that, allow the Lord to examine our hearts today, to evaluate how we're doing with this amazing gift called our words. Can we close out? If any of this resonates with you, if any of this speaks to you, because I know there's probably a few of you guys, you guys, you, you don't have any problems with this, so that's okay. But for the rest of us, we do. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do is will you just put your hand on your heart, that's you. Let's close our eyes and let's bring our hearts before God. Let's lay a hand on our heart. And let me just pray for us together. Father, we come to you, Lord, and we're asking God to come into our hearts in such a new way. God, I pray, God, for any of us that are just carrying some hurt or resentment or bitterness or anything in there, God, that we've been carrying, Lord, and it's been a filter of our words that we have been saying. Everything's become critical out of our mouths, Lord God. It's been negative, God. It's, it's been, it's, it's been uh, tearing people down, God. And we don't mean to, and we don't like it, God, but we're asking right now, God, will you now clear that junk? Will you wash our hearts with your word? Wash your heart, our hearts with your Holy Spirit right now as we surrender our hearts to you. Let the meditation of our hearts and the words of our lips be pleasing to you, God. I pray that prayer, and I pray that all of us agree in that, God, that we want that transformation. We want to be that type of people, God. And we need you, God. So work on our hearts today. Give us more wisdom on what we say. Give us discernment on when to say it. Help us to be people that build, encourage, and heal with our words. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your holy word. In Jesus' name, everybody say.